of the year 2016 has arrived. I hope everybody is as comfy as we are. Uh, you know what we're doing here. It all comes down to this. This is the annual bloodletting. We're going to take some numbers. We're going to put them in order. Talk about some video games. And we're going to do that for the lists that you sent in. Because, wow, there are a lot of you fuckers this year. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot we need to get done here. And um, I'm just going to go ahead say to my media virtual right i don't have any kind of fucking fancy intro for you at all <laughs> it's red it's red hi hey how's yeah. it going it's going it's going and going it goes and goes and goes and goes is that a reference to something that's yeah it's a it's a the death man grips guys oh. okay yeah, yeah. Death <laughs> you're like the biggest fan so i would you're yeah, the one that i, I, I would expect them. i like uh mc poop my pants yeah that's his name that's his name Okay, you got it. He screams it in every song. I mean, he's like, I see poop my pants. (laughs) Jenny from... Yeah, and then there's Jenny. She's in the band. (laughs) She's in the the Jenny Death, the Grippy Men. That's good. What the fuck? (laughs) To my mini virtual left, I ain't got an intro for him either, because we jumped right into this. It's John Thire. I'm John, and I'm here to say I've got some beats in a major way. (laughs) You are the whitest motherfucker. I, I understood that reference, John. <laughs> That's a reference? It's the new Wu-Tang album. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, the, the new Wu-Tang Clan album that came yeah, out. Yeah, John's the one who bought it, turns out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it only came out two and a half years ago, but John got around to it finally, and it was, it was all right. <laughs> Missing some vital components, I feel. I feel I feel I feel that Jizza could have uh, contributed a little more to that project, uh, and I feel that some of the songs weren't exactly up to par. But it is a solid listen, nonetheless. That, that, wasn't that the Magic album that no one got to listen to? No, no, that was that's a different one. The one we're talking okay. about is a, a Better Tomorrow, I believe. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Game. Game. Game the, games yeah. of the year stuff. John, are you ready for games of games of the millennium or whatever the fuck I this am shit is? Always fucking ready. I start planning this shit out like in January <laughs> of every year. Do it every year. That's all I yep. do. Is like I make a list of notable games I've played throughout the year, write them down, and then out comes the butcher knife at the end of the year, and it hurts every time. Every two year, <laughs> it's just like okay, let's let's play ten games better than brothers. Yeah. all right so we're gonna go ahead and get this thing kicked off with uh some lists by some of our socks pals hey Rhett, i heard you got some lists for me i did i wanted to get the shortest ones out of the way all right well let's let's hear from some of our socks pals i I love i love some very short lists this first one comes in from taylor oh taylor oh taylor taylor i know taylor uh Okay, it says, presented entirely without comment. Please play these games if you can. Doom, Kindred Spirits on the Roof, Digimon Story, Cyber Sleuth. Mm-hmm. And that's it, no blurbs. No fucking, Fuck yeah. like, there was no Danganronpa on that list. Taylor. Well, it's only three games. Taylor, I'm very angry with you. We will be having I, I still love how diverse that list is. That's though, pretty damn good list, yeah. though. Yeah, that's Doom a good list. Kindred spirits on the roof. Yeah, it's a damn good like segue, like right into yeah. Oh, segu. <laughs> so, uh, segui. Pardon yeah. me. Plus, fucking 
Plus the fucking, like, weird-ass budget Digimon RPG everyone loved. Yeah, that yeah, thing's actually play. really solid. Yeah. Cool. Um, I want to play the... it because I fucking love Digimon. Isn't it also so. on the Vita? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I wasn't was actually sure. Okay. Well, second second, second list. user list. This one comes in from Tengu Gemini. What up, Tengu? Number three. Hyperdimension Neptunia Rebirth 1. That is a game. That is a socks cast approved video game <laughs> yeah, if I ever is. heard of one. IF Invert are adorable together. Absolutely. Yes, they are. Number two. Kirby Planet Robobot. I need to play that this. Fi- I need that to play final this final boss. You guys got to stop talking over these. We're never going to get through it. Sorry. <laughs> it. The comment is that final boss. I've heard the final boss in that game is real good. Mm-hmm. And number one, Doom 2016. Rip and tear. Fuck and yes. I think I kind of wish everyone just wrote rip and tear. Rip and tear. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Uh... We got a we got another list, I believe. Uh, hey, John, why don't, Yo. you, why don't you hit us up with the list? Who we got? This list is by Mike Yarum. Hey, it's our boy Peaches. Yep. All right, number three, Stardew Valley. I love the original Harvest Moon so much. I wrote a letter to the developers. This fills that space in my heart. Not perfect, but I have zero complaints or wishes for improvements. Wow, like actually wrote a developer. That's pretty great. Yeah, seems like Peaches had a strong relationship with the Harvest Moon folks, which makes it sense that Stardew Valley resonated with them. Mm-hmm. Number two, Darkest Dungeon. It turns the dungeon crawl genre on its head and does it very well. With an infinite supply of would-be heroes, there's still a very deep challenges and constant autosaves. Ouch! Mm-hmm. I can have a good time even with a TPK. That stands for Total, Total Party, Party Kill. Kill. Yeah. Oh, see, this I didn't even all... know that. That's why I gave you this one. <laughs> <laughs> Number one! Mini Metro, the most perfect combination of simple, beautiful, and obsession-inducing. It starts strangely calming, watching rectangle trains deliver circular passengers. It quickly becomes a lovely exercise in reflexes as you rush to handle a bigger and bigger passenger demand. Oh no. That made me giggle a lot for some reason. It's kind of like the, like the, I like I've never seen this game, but just like hearing it described sounds like the most adorable yeah. thing. I yes. think the game like literally looks like a subway map. That's like, the really visuals cool. are super minimalistic. I think that's this game. I have one more short list that wasn't turned in on time because it turns oh. out I can get this person in late because that's just how shit works. Anna Thire says her list, um, number three, Kindred Spirits on the Roof. Oh. So soft and sweet and gay. I think we're starting to like like that game I think is might be the dark horse of uh mm-hmm. of what we're seeing this year because like we've already heard it on what two lists yep and also doom and so dark <laughs> kindred spirits and doom battle um, out that's solid um number two lady killer in a bind Ooh. redefined how i think about my sexuality and my boundaries plus it's just super fun to read quality smut and harmlessly act like an asshole <laughs> um number one Fire Emblem Awakening. It met me right where I was in my life at the time that I played it, and it was exactly what I needed. My new favorite video game. Wow! Over oh, Chrono wow. Trigger? Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Fire Emblem Awakening was, yeah, very well, let's, personal. Let's never that. downplay like the significance that connecting with a game like that can do. Yeah, because, that's I mean, cool. that's really fucking awesome. Like, I'm not pissed that, you know, Chrono Trigger is no longer her favorite game ever. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good like reason. I totally get why why Fireable Awakening story resonates with her so deeply, and sometimes that just happens, and it's really cool. That's really cool. It's Plus, really she's cool. played through like three times. Jesus like, Christ! This year. Obsessive. She really, she yes, really likes everyone. Cool. So, so shall we? So, shall we cut in? Are we ready? Oh, Am I ready uh, to make first? Do we have games? We have games, and uh, oh shit! I guess I'm gonna be the one to draw first blood. So, my number 10 game of the year is the game that made me feel like the biggest asshole in the world. It made me feel awful, but at the same time, it was something that I deeply related to. Um, And much like Anna with uh, Fire Emblem Awakening, I think it's something I kind of needed at the time because maybe I was in a bit of a slump with some of the more artistic uh, and expressive things that I was doing. Number 10 is The Beginner's Guide. Uh, I think that game, like, said a lot to all three of us, really. Um, hmm. And, like, I think we, you know, we obviously did the spoiler cast uh, a few episodes back, and we got all of the demons out that that very wonderful slash terrible game made us feel. <laughs> um, but I think that game's super, super fucking important. And if you are a creative person... Um, in any capacity, like, it's probably worth having a look at. Even if, like, some stuff kind of doesn't quite land, I think that it's just a marvelous, marvelous little piece um, of, 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 uh, of gaming that needs to be uh, experienced. Amen. Rhett! Hi! Hey, how's it going? Are you ready to give me a number 10? I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> So, I had a list, it had ten games on it, and I was very happy with that list. Yeah. And then I played a game, and I thought, oh, mm, Uh -oh. mm, Uh oh. So, this is a game that I think we might be hearing about again later on, Mm -hmm. maybe twice more. Mm -hmm. Um, My number ten is Helen's Mysterious Castle. Fully, (laughs) fully endorsed. That game Fully is endorsed. Socks game cast approved. Yeah, that game is socks cast. I mean, it's approved. just I talked about it on the last episode, so we don't have to do much here. But it's just mm-hmm. super cute. The story is great. Like it fully explores that combat system that it basically creates. Yeah, and it's so cool. And it's like it's a game that has inspired me. Like I'm thinking like. Oh, I'd love to rip that off in a JRPG of my own or something. Yeah, like, or, like, or like find a way to kind of like work yeah. that kind of battle system into something. Because yeah. it's so cool. And it, like I have ideas like, man, imagine Pokemon with this battle system instead of like the stupid one turn, then the other, you know, like back and forth <laughs> thing. Like if speed actually mattered and could affect things. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not dice rolls. It's all just laid out for you. Yeah. You know exactly like, how every turn is going to go. Yeah, so Helen's Mysterious Castle is just so solidly constructed with the story and the gameplay just being pretty top-notch. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, really yeah. good. It's hard to beat, and it's just like, yeah. you go back and you think, man, that's an RPG maker game. Like, no, yeah. no fucking way! <laughs> with, like, stock assets for everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, yeah. Which I didn't notice because I haven't actually played, like, any other RPG Maker, or you've never, like, played with RPG Maker itself and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, like, that, a lot of that stuff is just default stuff. Yeah, and that's, that's funny. It's incredible that yeah. they were able to... And, man, to... That, that last, like, 20 minutes is Oh, so my God. Good. It's so good and so... It's so stupid and great. It's big it's and just... dumb and great in all the best ways. Such good fan service, basically. Absolutely. 
just going for it in a way that my games also go for it. So I love that shit. <laughs> but it was so unexpected for that game to go for yeah. it the way that it I does. I thought that game was over twice before it actually yeah. ended. Yeah, yeah. It's so, it's, yeah, Helen's Mysterious Castle. Go fucking really play good. it. It's two it's bucks. It's two bucks. I've already gifted it like three times. A dollar thirty uh, if you wait for it to go on sale. Yeah, I could, I could, I could be a big pile of human garbage like Rhett. I'm gonna gift it to some people. Yeah, next I'm, time it goes I'm, on sale, it's making its way. <laughs> fucking asshole! What a surprise, huh? I found that on the store yeah. and liked the trailer and downloaded it, and that was it. Just like Good John, shit. I just thought it was just John being John and wanting to like these things that I, are bad. I, I, I definitely had hesitations going in, especially like the first, you know, it has no story up front. And that yeah, so it's just you wake like, up, uh, you wake up this? and don't go to the northern ruins. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I don't even think you wake up. I think you just are there. Just yeah. appear. Yeah. Final Fantasy 1 style. There you go. Yeah. But without the intro where you pick the classes or anything yeah yeah that game just oof, so fucking good yeah so number john, 10. john you got a number 10 i do have a number 10 what's your number 10 uh, game of 2016 my number 10 is fucking english country tune mm. oh i played this in january uh well i played this like a couple years ago got about halfway through and stopped because it was too hard and then I got it on my phone this year and finished it early this year. And it is, bar none, one of the best, smartest, coolest puzzle games I've ever played. Nice. Uh, I, I've played it, and it is just too damn hard for me. It's a game made by smart people for smart people, and I'm dumb. <laughs> um, about halfway through this game, it's a block-pushing puzzle game that exists in 3D space. So you're pushing blocks around in 3D, and the gravity is all weird because of that. Mm -hmm. um you're just a abstract um plate like rectangle pushing around balls on cubes um and that's the whole game and it is just full of some of the smartest coolest block pushing puzzle game ideas i've ever heard, seen in my life that are impossible that are impossible <laughs> and then you keep getting through these really impossible levels and then about halfway through the game it asks you hey I've been doing all the work so far, making all these levels. Why don't you just make one little level? And the level is to make a level that is completable. It is the har hardest level in the game, probably. That sounds like it's the easiest task level. ever. Nope, just make a level that's completable. Um, and, it's, and it gives you a level editor. And then um, with only a specific kind of ball that you can push oh, around. Oh, so they're still like... Palette putting some restrictions on it to yeah you can't just copy okay. a level from earlier oh um and it's the hardest level in the game and then there's more after that and then there's another level where you build a level mm -hmm. and basically the rest of the game and everything leading up to that point is just getting you to the point where you can wrap your brain around that i think because it's that's it just gets to the that final exam at the end and it's like oh wow this whole game is just sort of has taught me to think in new ways and it feels very satisfying to complete and it's completely unpretentious like i played the witness this year and mm -hmm. like i really want to play steven sausage roll which is the next block pushing puzzle game long form <laughs> by uh by steven lavelle yeah um if i'm gonna play a block and, pusher it's gonna just be it'll do 
Yeah. I figure that's the extent that my brain can yeah. handle. So playing English country tune after and around The Witness, and I, I want to play Steven Sausage Roll for that reason, um, one that's just completely confident in itself and isn't trying to be anything great, doesn't isn't trying to put on any airs about what it is, mm. was very satisfying, and it's definitely one of the best puzzle games I've ever played. You can download it on phones, definitely iOS. Um, I'm not sure about Android, and you can download it on Steam, probably for real cheap. English country tune. English country. And that's my number 10. All right. Well, how about we jump into another listener list? This comes from our good pal. Just made like he's always been here doing some art. He did the art for today's episode, in fact. It's our boy Carmichael McAllis Margatroyd. <laughs> you know, this guy, we love him to death. He's number three. We're making a return to 2015. We're bringing out the biggest gun of last year. This is Undertale. We all know how good this is. The only reason it's my number three is because it pretty much discourages you from playing again. Won't say anything more for anyone who maybe hasn't played. Everyone else should know what I'm talking about. He's absolutely not wrong there. <laughs> number two, Labyrinth of Toho 2. The only Toho game I'll ever be able to beat. Love the story, the characters' personalities, the game is just over, and the game overall. Kind of curious about the plus disc, but no idea if that'll ever be released, let alone translated. And his number one. We're letting him get away with a bit of a cheat here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I think that it's fine, and he's, again, he's done a lot of cool stuff for us um, and all of that, so we're letting him cheat here. The Neptunia franchise gets number one, <laughs> and his explanation is, look, I played Rebirth 3 and Mega, Dimen and Mega Dimension Neptunia Victory 2 this year. Then I played Rebirth 1, 2, and 3 and Mega Dimension again this year. You can't make me choose. If you want to know why these are so high, listen to the Mega Dimension spoiler cast. That, that's a lot of nep. That's I, I, tons of nep. That is... I thought me replaying Rebirth 1 again after I had played through it the first time was a lot of nep, but man, yeah. he went, he went, he went all in, all in, all in. And he's got a very special message for uh, everybody here uh, that I will read. It says, I just wanted to say thanks again for your podcast. I know this year has been the equivalent of a steaming pile of radioactive elephant shit all over a freshly laid out holiday dinner, but you got... <clears throat> But having you guys to listen uh, to made it a lot better. I started using Twitter because of all of you, and I got to know a great number of people better than before. Even though it made me really nervous, the two times I was able to come onto the SoxCast were super fun. The SoxCast has, made me, has been a positive influence for me, and I know that I'm not the only one who feels that way. Thank you all for everything this year, and I hope we can continue to create, to laugh, and to have fun together. Happy holidays to you all, and have a new year as well. Right back at you, my dude. Oh, that's really sweet. You are a nice. sweetheart, and we love you to death. Yep. So we got another user list. Uh, I believe John has got a user list for us. I do. What this is got? Full Body eighty nine. I had a cool, con a couple cool conversations on Twitter with this dude. So I think Whoa. that we're be we're basically besties now. Basically. Uh, yeah. um, all right. This is a three entry list. Only instead of uh, one, two, three, it's one, two, and top disappointment of twenty sixteen. So let's start with a disappointment. <laughs> all right. The <laughs> Full Body 89's number one disappointment of 2016, Final Fantasy 15, oh aka my. How to Not Make a Game, which was in development oh. hell for 10 years. Oh my. Final Fantasy 15 is a game with some serious identity issues. It tries to do a bunch of things, do many things, but none of them are very good. Open world's too big, 
big and acts like filler. MGS5, hello. Combat wants to be all action, but it's way too simple. The big boss fights are all QTE. Side quests are lackluster fetch quests with no lore. Villains terrible. Stories fucked. Glitches and bugs. On top of that, it has the freaking nerve to have episodic future DLC added to a story, which was a hell of a rush job in the end. I know it's the norm to have DLC in the first place, but I find it infuriating we had to wait for 10 years for an incomplete vision. Say what you will about Final Fantasy XIII, but at least it had a vision. Garbage vision, yes, but it had an identity. It had lightning. Come on. (laughs) It's my girl. Lightning's real hot. Um, Number two, AM2R, a.k.a. how to make a great fan game in 10 years. My favorite Metroid of all time is Zero Mission for its super tight controls and fast gameplay. AM2R perfectly transferred the engine from Zero Mission and changed the map from 2 to accommodate all the new things. The soundtrack is an amazing tribute to the few tunes of Metroid 2 while adding some sexy prime vibe to them, like the Chozo Ruins. Same melody, different beat. Kinda sad what Nintendo's done to this game. Pathetic when you consider things like Brutal Doom or Sonic Mania. Meanwhile, the last two official games are Other M and Metroid Dreadful Fuck Force. Not so good stuff. Number one, The Last Guardian, a.k.a. how to make a game that was in, ge- that was in development hell for 10 years. I'm noticing a theme here. Yeah, yeah. I'm starting to see it, yeah. I'm a huge fan of both Eco and Shadow of the Colossus, so I was very pleased that after 10 years, this game was finally finished, and it's beautiful. Though it's sometimes a bit annoying to work together with the animal, I feel like it's a realistic aspect that works in the same way Aggro does in Shadow of the Colossus. Animals aren't robotic companions who immediately do what you want them to do, so I was fine with the AI and stuff. And I cried like a bitch at the end, which is always a good thing in video games. Good st- Oh, man, he tells me that the thing dies at the end. That, that spoilers, dude. Uh, <laughs> we you don't know that. that. <laughs> he just says he cried. He didn't say that, no. Um, yeah, uh, this makes me want to play Final Fantasy XV more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a hell of a time with Metal Gear Solid Five. So I, mm-hmm. I, I had a friend. I watched a friend play it the other night. It was just like this. Just gives me all the MGS Five vibes that I really enjoyed. Fuck yeah! I'm really ready to play that game. Um, cool. Good list, full body. And thanks nice. for the nice Twitter chats. Yes, yes. Uh, thanks for listening as well. If you are, yeah, in fact, if you, if you do, if not. I, I love how John reads these things with such enthusiasm. Yeah, really. I so, so imagine everybody wrote them. To be earnest. <laughs> John's the only one of us that's not been completely cynically burnt out on life at this point, and he's the only one that can actually read these with any amount of gusto. <laughs> so we're wrapping back around. We're getting ready. Throwing out. Throwing out. Number nines. Okay, I need you guys to come along on a journey with me. I need you. Okay. I need you. This is a bit uh, of a dark. Uh, this is a bit of a dark horse entry uh, because it's a game that I know we've mentioned uh, a couple of times on the podcast in the past. And I know it's probably going to be a bit of a surprise that it's actually here, uh-huh. um, but I need you guys to come with me. I need you guys to just, just hear me out. Okay. My number nine is mighty number nine. What? Uh, no, it's not. I don't think that this game actually fully clicks and actually becomes what it truly is until you've played it a second time. I got, like, the first time is misery. It is pain. It is awful. It's boring. It's bland. It's shitty. But when you play this game a second time, and you kind of get in, you back into that 2D side-scrolling mindset of kind of just, like, not really thinking about this as, like, fucking Kroger's Mega Man or something, right? Mm -hmm. And you start getting into, like, 
getting through the stages faster with these abilities and learning how to st- my number nine is not mighty number nine <laughs> jesus christ that was a good god i'm like because <laughs> i kind of like that game so i could almost see you doing <laughs> oh my god i've been planning that joke for Frank. i've been i've been planning that joke for a week holy shit <laughs> Uh, my number nine is Helen's Mysterious Castle. We <laughs> we know this game. We love this game. We've already talked about it. Uh, so uh, it's definitely not Mighty Number no. Nine. <laughs> oh That's the first time most people have thought about Mighty Number no. Nine in two months, three months, four months. Uh, right. People have been talking about Mighty Number no. Nine because they never sent out the physical rewards. I know. Oh no. Inafu, no. <laughs> Rhett, what is your I... number nine game of the year? So my number nine, or my, <laughs> not mighty number nine. Your mighty number my... nine of the year. <laughs> <laughs> my mighty number nine of the year wouldn't even be mighty number nine. Oh. <laughs> okay, my number nine got into a fight with Helen's Mysterious Castle. So eventually I just... I. Because it was going to be like, which one do I cut? Which one makes it? And then I was like, why don't I just cut my number eight? So they <laughs> I, they both had to make it. Oh, okay. Anyways, my, my number nine is Assault Android Cactus. Mm. Which is just still remains like the best feeling twin stick shooter thing I've ever played. And yeah. I went back to it. Like I play, I've played it through on a second character now, just doing through the entire campaign. And it's just that game when it's going, it feels so fucking good. Just the purest game feel like thing on here, basically. Yeah, this is a game that should it go on sale, I'm going yeah. to buy during the holiday sale because it just yeah. it looks like absolute chaos and it's my kind of shit. And, and yes, all the good feels and blowing stuff up. And like the thought I had coming into this was that like this is almost like the Pac-Man CEDX of twin stick shooters where. Just these super short levels that only last a couple minutes, but then they just keep getting faster and faster, and doing good at them feels so good. Because everything in this is really based around speed, mm-hmm. because like you don't even die when you die. You just get knocked over and stand back up, but it's it slows your, you down. And it's your battery that runs yeah. out the whole time. Yeah. So like g- getting killed by the enemies just slows you down, but also weakens your weapons, so you're going slower. So like when you're in those that groove where you're just not getting knocked over and you're keeping your weapon power maximum and you're just blowing so much stuff up, it just feels so good. That's the good like, shit. Yeah, and the bosses are really good. And then there's two cutscenes, like an intro and an ending, that are super cute and like it has just the most adorable characters, <laughs> just like ten female androids that are just kind of all idiots. That's in basically. Ador- it's basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically Neptunia, really. Yeah. It's just, it's a real cool game. Like, I can keep going back to it and just having fun just playing a level or two. The fact that you're still playing it, like, after you beat it. Because it's like a lot of games like that are just like, you know, I did it, I had fun. But you keep going back to it. And that's really kind of like why I'm just like, yeah, I'm picking that up. uh, I will admit, I haven't gone back to, like, the survival mode because I did one run and it lasted, like, 30 minutes. Yeah, that seems a little... I'm good. That's, that's like, the stuff I don't like about twin-stick shooters is when they become endless. Mm. Mm -hmm. I just like how this one, for most of it, is just short and sweet. It's got a structure to it, and, like, you can beat it. Yes, there's 
an ending and stuff. So, okay. John, what's your number nine? What's my mighty number nine? Yes. <laughs> my mighty number nine is Drakengard 3. Oh. Mm, I totally agree. I'm, I'm on board with this one. Um, I didn't finish this game. <laughs> uh. um, but it was... I, I mean, I didn't even get to the final boss. I played a, up through, I think, the second person. Mm. Um, but I think the deal with this game is that it was exactly what I needed at that moment. Because um, I played this game and then realized I was by. Yeah, and that was pretty cool. Um, so I, I still want to go back to it and actually finish it up. But I think when you know Dito showed up and I just really wanted to slap him in like a way that felt weird in my tummy. Um, it was like, <laughs> okay, I'm figuring some shit out. Was it and, weird in your tummy or was it weird in your pants? Um, yes. And, okay. And. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously everything about the tone and presentation in this game is just spot on and instantly um, endearing in a wonderfully yes. fucked up way. Zero um, is an Zero amazing is character. Fabulous. She is Zero so, is like, if if I'm going to be, like, somebody's bitch, like, sign me up. Like, that girl can just do whatever she wants. I do not yeah. care. Yeah, just, like, Dita, Dita was the first character, and he's, like, this bratty sadist. Yeah. Plays it being this bratty sadist, but really he just wants to be Zero's plaything, and I relate. Yeah. So, I really appreciate this game, what this game did for me, and I'm really excited to play Nier and other Yokotaro's works. I feel like this is prop that guy's probably a really important voice right now, and I'm really excited to dig into that deep in yeah. 2017 moving forward. Nier Automata, like, right on the horizon, and everything about that yeah. game looks absolutely fabulous. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, so Dragon Guard Three, just perfect, pitch perfect presentation and tone. Um, exactly what you needed. Exactly what I needed. And also makes you gay. And it makes you gay. Yeah. <laughs> but I think yeah, all but, of the best games make us gay. Yeah, it's funny because I played like Undertale, We Know the Devil, and watched a bunch of Steven Universe in 2015, and I was like, yeah, this stuff's great. And then I played Dragon Guard Three, and I was like, "Oh, okay. now I understand why." <laughs> now I get it. I just needed the sexy girl covered in blood all the time to get. Hey, it. I, I I get you there. That's a, that's a, there that's, you go. That's Rhett's thing. Yeah, there's multiple. There's multiple sexy girls covered in blood yeah, video yeah. games I played this year, but Dragon Guard Three was by far the best. Mm. That that would be a list, huh? Man, yeah, yeah, best it, girls covered in blood. Th- does yeah. Bloodborne count? Probably. I think it would have Probably. to. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so Polly, anything more about Dragon Guard 3? <laughs> nope. Polly, I think you've got a read, list to read. Us. I've got a list to read from the chairman of the Wednesday Committee. She's oh. also president of the Wednesday Club. This comes from our good pal, Ms. Chelsea. The always lovely and fabulous. Uh, her number three... No surprise here. Momodora Reverie Under the Moonlight. I was drawn in by this game's aesthetic and 2D platformer kick I was on at the time and came away very impressed by this challenging title. The difficulty, inventory system, and interconnected world are all reminiscent of my favorite parts of Dark Souls, but with gameplay and an aesthetic that was more up my alley. That's absolutely on point. Uh, number two, again, I don't think this is going to be a surprise to anyone. Mega Dimension Neptunia Victory 2. 
I felt like the character and story writing took a huge step up versus other entries in the NEP franchise to make this my favorite NEP game to date, and a respectable RPG on its own. As much enjoyment as I got out of the returning cast, the writing for the new characters like Uzume really made this game shine. And, uh, yep, not wrong. Yeah. And, like, another, like, yeah, we knew this one was coming for our girl Chelsea. Um... Her number one, her game of the year, is The Legend of Heroes, Trails in the Sky, second chapter. Uh, this was basically guaranteed to be my game of the year after waiting five years for this game, but it, but it more than earned that honor on its own and actually rivals Chrono Trigger on my top games of all time list. Wow, we're hearing that a little <laughs> more than I thought we would. <laughs> Falcom continues its history of brilliant world building and well-written characters and threw in a plot that really goes places to make a, make a game that was more than worth the wait. Infinite props to X-Seed and Carpe Fulger. Uh, yeah, I think that's Carpe Fulger. Uh, yeah. For the sacrifices made to make this unfor- unforgettable game a reality. Yeah, like that. the story behind that game's localization is really, really, really it's... worth reading. It's... Uh, crazy it's, an, that it it's came crazy out. it's dark it like there's a lot of darkness in how that game came together uh but it's you know it finally made its way out and it sounds like everybody's fucking stoked about it so yeah awesome. so that that's our girl chelsea's list i bet rhett hey a list for me i bet you got a list i got a list from me rye mm-hmm. he says my game of the year list actually came out this year so eat it oh number, shit number three hitman I only <laughs> just picked it up, but I cannot get over how slick and fun this game is. It's a well-produced stealth game with extremely fun mechanics that avoid avoid frustration, but the variety of ways to approach any kind of kill, plus the leveling up mechanics, level leveling up mechanics. There you go. Combined, combined with the map-based release schedule, means that I always feel rewarded for plumbing every chapter's depths fully. And yes, I did walk that runway. Well, damn. There you go. Sexy, and he knows two. it. <laughs> Number two, Owl Owl Boy. Oh, cool. The sprite art speaks for itself, but I was surprised how much this game feels and acts like a Miyazaki or Pixar got injected into a SNES cartridge. Holy shit. Every new stage took my breath away, but every story beat... Sorry. Took my breath away, but, but every story beat has turns I cannot believe it went for, and every time I was shocked and moved... It's a special little game full of secrets to dig up about its world and characters. Number one, number one, Overwatch. I was on this podcast this very year saying it's just Team Fortress 2, and I stand by it, but Blizzard managed to find ways to rip out the frustrating aspects of of Team Fortress 2 and replace it with pure competitive shooter fun. They've packed in a delightful cast of characters who add complexity complexity to the intense competitive matches as well as are just fun to be around and think about and if and if all that isn't your style just hang around behind Widowmaker and watch that booty wiggle for a while (laughs) solid solid list I think Overwatch is probably another game we're going to be hearing about like it's sort of like when I was coming into this I was thinking what are going to be some of the trends like and I think like Doom Overwatch are kind of like the two I kind of had my eye on yeah. It's definitely interesting because those came out really early in the year. Yeah, and like yeah. a lot of the time the stuff like the big games all come in November. Yeah, mm-hmm. and people and then this year, forgotten. And then this year you have Final Fantasy and Last Guardian coming out in December and being ignored by like the games press for December stuff. That's so crazy. This is a weird year. What a fucking year for video games. Uh, so is that all from our boy Mirai? 
Yes, it is. All right. Well, how about I serve you guys up a fresh number eight? Mm, is it going to be 90 number nine again? <laughs> no, it's not going to be mighty number nine again. I promise. My number eight is mighty number nine. <laughs> <laughs> that shouldn't even be funny, but it is for some reason. <laughs> My number eight. You only need two words to know this game. Ladies and gentlemen, super hot. I, super as soon as you said hot, two words, hot, super, I knew hot, super hot. Man. Hotline awesome. Miami in 3D with its own brilliant Ugh. little aesthetic. It's, this game is so much fun. It's so ridiculous. Like It is short, sweet, and to the point, but I think that it makes its exit when it needs to. Um, and doesn't overstay its welcome at all. It's just, it feels so, it's one of those games where, every, like, game feel. It's so spot yeah. on. It's just, I grab that bat, I throw it at a dude, <laughs> he busts in half, drops his gun, I pull his gun out of the air, shoot the couple of dudes behind him, throw the empty gun at someone else, grab their katana when they drop it, slice them in half, and this is all easily doable! Because of just the way the game works. Because the game only runs in in real time when you're moving. So everything is moving at like, I want to say like maybe two to five percent speed, and like you just kind of like use that to your advantage to kind of like speed up, slow down, speed up, slow down, and just kind of like you get the replay at the end. That's just really brilliant. Like that game is so fucking good. Like you, you guys awesome. seriously need to play it. Yeah. I really yeah. need to play it, but, like, th yeah, that game is super smart in how it lets you do the badass action movie stuff, like, while being playable as a game. Yeah, yeah, it's fully playable. Motion. Yeah, there's no QTEs, nothing like that. Yeah. It's just you go punch a dude in the face, and, like, his gun will just fly up in the air real slow, and you can just, like, snatch it out of the air and fire a shot off right into his dome piece. So, so, so good. So, Polly, are, yeah. are you excited for Super Hot, super hot VR? I would totally play that. I've heard that's pretty good as well. That like it, it would be it would make such like I think it makes sense because I think it's yeah. aesthetic is one that wouldn't make you very sick mm -hmm. because Jeff, <clears throat> which is Jeff, huge. Yeah, Jeff Gersman was playing it and he said the thing he does a lot more in v, the VR version mm -hmm. is like blocking bolts with the gun you're holding. Yes, because you have more much more depth depth perception yeah like that seems super rad too. like i've done that a few times but it was always by accident because i was yeah. like oh shit they shot my gun and like no I, I was actually that's a valid tactic of blocking a bullet is just getting your gun in front of it but man that game feels yeah, so good that game seems real great it's fantastic oh, yeah. uh, Rhett, how about a number hey. eight number eight my number eight is lisa mm. this is that very Ooh, happy sad, RPG. horrible RPG <laughs> about a sad and miserable broken man, basically. I think that's like the tagline on Steam, the miserable journey of a broken man or something. God, it's so <laughs> yeah. bad. Yeah, so, so this wasn't a game that to initially like make the short list for my list. Mm -hmm. Like I had seven games and then was like, okay, what else are we putting on here? But then the more I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, I think Lisa has earned its spot because it's just thinking about it more it was a game that stuck with me because it's so kind yeah. of messed up and <laughs> the ending of this game is so good <laughs> question mark is it like one of those i'm gonna be thinking about this for days kind of things? yeah oh, oh it definitely did 
it's like a really pitch perfect combination of the music they use, like the story coming to a head and what it's asking you to do gameplay wise, like it kind of firing on all cylinders. Right. Awesome. And, and it kind of broke for me when I actually played it because I lost at the final, final, final boss mm-hmm. because it's also not pulling its punches. Like oh. JRPGs that go for a cinematic ending tend to, you know, like the Sephiroth thing in Final Fantasy VII. Like, like it's can't... fluff. It's fluff. Yeah. You can't fuck this do- up. This doesn't do that. You can lose. Oh, God. Which gives it some weight. But that kind of is the whole game in a nutshell where it's interesting because, like, normally in something like The Walking Dead where it's like, you know, you're making horrible choices, but you're sure that everything's going to come out fine anyways, really, because, yeah. you know, all, all paths kind of converge. Lisa is a game where... It asks you to make horrible choices that actually are backed up by gameplay stuff where it's like, oh, if I do this and like the entire game becomes harder because I did this. Because you maybe, did this thing and yeah, you can't maybe undo it. And Yeah. <clears throat> maybe yeah. I'm actually not going to be okay. Oh, because God. Because so, some of the choices this game asks are so fucked up and they keep getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's always Lisa the Joyful. Yeah, so that's the DLC expansion. I haven't played it yet, and mm-hmm. so that's not influenced by this at all. But yeah, I bought that after kind of thinking about this game. It's like, oh, maybe I should play that finally. Mm. Yeah, yeah that, this, this game is absolutely great, and I need to get around to it. In the new it's year. an interesting journey. And yeah, the, the final climax of things is interesting. Like, you know, um, I was The Last of Us... That's kind of what I was thinking of when you were talking about it. Yeah, so people hated... um, Not everybody, but some people hated The Last of Us because their character you're playing as has his own agenda. Agenda, yeah. And it's not just, oh, he'll do what you say. Yeah, it's literally... And in the ending of that game, he he does something you may very much disagree with that. And Mm -hmm. Lisa also (laughs) may do that at times. That's really fucking cool, though. Because I... It was a moment where I just said no and kind of put the game down oh. for 10 minutes, oh, trying no. desperately to find another way out, and it wouldn't let me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, okay, you're going to make me do this horrible thing, I guess. Fuck you. Oh, man. It's... But, like, I think that moments like that can just have yeah. such an impact. Like, I think that, like, The Last of Us saying, like, fuck you, like, this isn't your story. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I really like it when games can do that in a tasteful manner, because obviously yeah. I love player agency. You know, obviously I want my games to reflect what I would do. But at the same time, like when I'm playing something like The Last of Us, I just want to be told a real good story, mm-hmm. and I'm fine with the game taking control away from me if it's done so in a tasteful way. And I think that it sounds like Lisa does this very same thing, only probably multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. It just has some of the weirdest, like, fuck you moments. Like, there was one point where I came across a town and was, and I saved, but then I left because I was like, oh, I don't really want to, like, spend a bunch of time talking to all these new characters now. Yeah. And the, it turned out there was an event when you leave the town where a bunch of raiders show up and threaten to murder everybody. Oh, good. So you can fight them or they'll murder everybody. 
So the first time I declined the fight, and then I went back to the town, and they were all dead. So this whole town, I accidentally oh. got everybody there killed. What, did you think they were talking. fucking around? Do you think they were just there for funsies? Actually, I think I tried to fight, and if you lose the fight, it doesn't actually game over. They just walk past you and murder everybody. Oh, good. So then I got stuck in this loop, because I'd saved of, like, trying to fight them, like, five or six times to yeah. win. Yeah, And it's just like, oh, this game doesn't pull punches. Cool. <laughs> it's... It's interesting. That's a great, great, great game. Definitely sounds like it. Cannot yeah. wait to play. Awesome. Fucking awesome. John! You want my number eight? I want your number eight. Let's see. So you said super hot? Yeah, I said and super Red hot. And Red said Lisa. Mm-hmm. My number eight is not going to be as good as those. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. My number eight is Romancing Saga 2. Oh my god. Get out of <laughs> Did you finish this? No. God damn it. Look, you have to Look, you just have to be honest when you're, with yourself when you're making these kind of lists, you know? And this is a game I obsessed over for like as long as I obsessed over Dark Souls basically. I played it nonstop on my phone for 3 weeks. Right. Um, dug real deep into it and then just got to a point where trying to I couldn't really move any further easily mm-hmm. it just the mental labor of trying to figure out how to progress further into the story because i was nearing the end game just got too intense that i just got to a point where i didn't want to play it anymore and <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it is so i played saga one and saga two um two years ago and i loved them mm-hmm. um since then i played saga three romancing saga one Saga Frontier and Minstrel Saga on the PS2 and did not connect with any of them. Menstrual like, I kind of forced. What? Is that what you said? Did you say Menstrual Cycle? Yeah, Menstrual. <laughs> Romancing Saga Menstrual Cycle for the That's PS2. That's what I thought you said. Yeah. I mean, it's a weird name. Um, I don't really get it. Get I have no doubt that it likely game. earns it given, you know, given these games. Yeah. Well, but... I didn't play it far enough because it's very ugly. That um, sounds like it. Saga Frontier, Saga Frontier was the closest I came to really connecting with one of the games, mm-hmm. but you know that game has its own issues um, in that it's not finished and doesn't actually cohere in any sensible way. It's like if it's like a Sonic Adventure was had like three fewer months to finish itself. Oh my! God. And then they just didn't do the Super Sonic chapter. So and so it's like Sonic two thousand six. Yes. Yes, just a oh, beautiful man, train cool. wreck of sorts. Yeah, and it's and it's gorgeous, and I like Saga Frontier. Um, the music, the, the, the it's gorgeous to look at. Um, but then I played Romancing Saga too, and it's like, oh wow, here's one of these things that actually kind of makes sense. Mm. Um, it has a lovely, great premise where you are a whole line of um, emperors and empresses ruling over a country. Um, an empire that you gradually expand throughout the game by doing side quests, and your goal is to exterminate the seven great heroes of legend that saved the world millennia ago, mm-hmm. um, because they have over there they've returned, but they've been corrupted and are demonic now, and are basically poisoning the world from the inside out. Um, so it's up to you working within the working from within while expanding your empire to exterminate these toxic forces mm. that are hurting everybody. 
And at one point, there's a lengthy side quest that involves you, like, getting it on with a mermaid. And then at the end of it, there's no reward. You just have to... The guy just... Hey, you got it on with a mermaid. That sounds like... Yeah, and the guy just is like, hey, I'm not going to be emperor anymore. And then you just have to move on to the next... Like, a hundred years later. Dude, mermaid sex is the bomb. You wouldn't want to be... You would not want to be an emperor either. Just trust me after after sex with a mermaid. <laughs> just just trust me, okay? Paul, I, I completely know where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I this game just got to a point where it was too taxing for me to continue. Mm-hmm. But that was like 25 hours in. And I only played like five hours max of any of the other saga games um, post three. Um, and three itself is, I finished, but it was garbage. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't a saga game. It was just it was by the mystic quest people yeah, and yeah. nothing it was a nothing game um so this is the the only saga game i played that really feels like a successor to what made um saga one and two so immensely compelling which was just having a strong central through line of a story that drags you through that you can hold on to while you're struggling through all these awful kawazuisms it's a it's um, it's a bit of cohesion <laughs> and a, and a, and a, yeah. vi- a completed vision for a series yes. that has lacked any of this for a bajillion years, and they keep letting him do it. Yeah, it's the it is the and it's the one that people like the most by far. Googling around, it's the one that Japan likes the most. It's the one Americans, well, couldn't like the most because it only came to. Um, this is the, the game got an English release for the first time this year. Actually, mm-hmm. this is like my one twenty sixteen game. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, didn't even get fan translated because these games are really hard to fan translate. Um, Romancing Saga Two, it is by far the best post Game Boy Saga game I've I've played. Um, it's I still couldn't finish it, but it's very good <laughs> comparatively. Damn. Yeah. Well, I'll give it to you. Like you know, it's it's, it's like yeah. it's not my thing, but it definitely sounds. I mean, like... it's it's still not even really a good thing. Yeah. Because I, again, I couldn't finish it, but like. Something about this series has kept me trying over and over again, mm-hmm. and this is the first one that since um, two that actually feels like it's rewarded me. I mean, for I that. think you, I think you just keep coming back to him because you're you're stupid. But <laughs> I mean, that's just me. Or maybe it's because there's some kind of ethereal present spirit within these games that I just need to reach out for and or, grasp, and then I'll or that. or you're stupid. Oh, that yeah, it's probably that. Man. I'm stupid, and the games are stupid. Romancing Saga 2 is the least stupid, or at least the this one that's stupid in a fun way. There you go. <laughs> the final boss seems real nice. I listened to it a bunch. I wish I could have gotten to it, but it's it basically you fight all seven of the major bosses mm-hmm. throughout the game at the same time. Oh, there you go. It's a good way to like, wrap all things at once. up. It's a good way to wrap things up, I think. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. I think, Paul, you've got a list to read for I us. I do have a list. I have a list from... Alexander, uh, I'm not going to read the last name. Uh, and if you have an alias, uh, you didn't mention it, so uh, apologies. Uh, it's number three, is Overwatch. Again, this is a game I thought we were going to keep seeing. Playing this, even though I haven't had the time to really dig into it, has been the best experience with multiplayer FPS I've had since getting into Quake 3 CPMA around 2007-2008. I don't really get into competitive games anymore, mostly because their players are fucking insufferable. You're not wrong. But Overwatch just won me over with its cheerful presentation and the team-focused gameplay that doesn't necessarily require a lot of individual skill to do well. That's another thing that I've noticed about uh, people saying about that game is that uh, 
Like the skill ceiling, like the skill wall is not super high in that game. Uh, so it definitely seems like if you want to go a multiplayer shooter route, that might be the way to go. Number two, another we're going to be seeing this a lot. Doom 2016. What I thought, based on pre-release footage, was going to be the most disappointing release of this year actually turned out to be the most pleasant surprise. It's a great modernization of an old Doom games was not with nice spacious levels to poke around and gloriously satisfying combat. Even the upgrade systems, which I usually hate in modern action games, aren't too annoying. And game of the year. Danganronpa 1 and 2. I'm letting them cheat there. <clears throat> the main reason Danganronpa 1 and 2 are on here is that they were there for me at a time when I could really use any sort of distraction from the current situation. Both of their stories immediately grabbed me in a way no other game I can think of in recent memories did. Everything else I've wanted to say, Polly already did in previous episodes, so I'll spare you, the, I'll spare you my attempts at trying to come up with something to round this out. We also have another nice little message here. Uh, from the author of this list, Mr. Alexander. Um, well, that's my list. I just wanted to say I've been a fan of the site since about 2009 and have listened to the SoxCast since episode one. Get this guy a medal. Come on. If you put up we with got this. We got three listeners. You put up with this bullshit since day one? <laughs> Dog, get in touch with me. I'm, I'm getting you a trophy made. Y'all are great, and I'm always excited about whatever it is you do uh, in terms of content for the site or elsewhere. Happy holidays and happy new year. And thank you, Alexander, for the list. You rock. I believe we got another list coming up from all the way from Germany. Yes. Hello, Matananda. This is guest 86's list. And I won't do <laughs> any more horrible accents. That was real bad. Was I hope he listens and wants to smack the shit out of you. <laughs> he'll, he'll understand, I hope. I, I keep, I've been rereading this list and I do kind of hear it, him saying it in my head and that's really distracting. Okay. Number three, Dark Souls 3. Whoa. While it's missing that certain something and doesn't beat Bloodborne for me, from Software has made a very solid New Souls title this year, and it does not look like a PS2 game. Everything's <laughs> solid. Bosses, levels, okay, not the PvP. Stay away from the PvP if you can. Mm. <laughs> PvP Number two. is always poop. Mm. Let's have a PvP I, game. Dark Souls 3, I see videos of like five people ganging up on yeah. one invader. It's, it's just, just like, what oh is no. even this game anymore? It just sounds real fucking silly. It's, yeah. Anyways, number two, Etrian Odyssey Untold 2, The Fafnir Knight. This doesn't surprise me. I'm fairly resistant to most things painfully Japanese, but damn, Ariana gave me anime cancer. <laughs> Everything else about this game is simply marvelous, though, so it's easy to forgive. Good thing this game came out in Europe later than anywhere else, or else I couldn't have actually included it in this list, even though that doesn't matter for us because we're just listing anything you played yeah, in that year. Yeah. Can, can I say something about what he said there about... He can't, stand, he can't stand things that are gloriously Japanese. You motherfucker! <laughs> Toho, the very essence. Everything about those games is Japanese. Like, their mythology, <laughs> their lore, it's all pulled from Japanese mythology. Um, excuse me, to Toho is East meets West. I mean, the Scarlet Devil Mansion was also inspired by European vampires and such. Get out of here. <laughs> okay, his number one. Sid Meier's Civilization VI. Mm. Incredibly addictive and the smoothest launch a Civilization game has had. 
The first patch, after three weeks, even ironed out the worst of the problems. My life will be complete when Steam Workshop gets introduced for it and people make millions of Toho sieves. Like I said. And, and his runners-up. Oh, okay. Toho Gendo Ronso. <laughs> oh, so, I, I said that wrong. Toho Genso Rondo. Right. Toho Scarlet Curiosity. <laughs> Labyrinth of Toho 2 Plus Disc. <laughs> ah, Bisbald. John. John. I got a list. You got a list. Let's hear it. This is this list is from Raquel. Let's go. Um, number three, Pokemon Moon. A refreshing game to the franchise, doing trials and battling kahunas is a refreshing change of pace to gyms and leaders, even though it's basically the same thing. Exploring the islands is fun, and all the ladies in the game are adorable. Hell yes, they are. I'm plus not going to deny and, that. not going to deny that. I've seen the art. Nebby and Mimikyu are the best. Um, shit, what was the boy? Ilya? Mm-hmm. Ilya's a good boy. Yeah, good uh, boy. Good Number boy. Two. Good boy. If you ever hear John say good boy, it means boy I want to fuck or fuck me. Yes, that is exactly actually what it means. Number two, Neptunia Rebirth 3. Rebirth 3 got everything right. The pacing, the difficulty curve, and the story are done so well, and for me, gets all the things right that Meganep seemed to do wrong. Uh, number one, Danganronpa 1 and 2. Man, that's like becoming a trend. <laughs> I can't place one game over the other. Both games have an amazing and lovable cast, except for Teru Teru. No, and the story no. keeps you guessing and solving mysteries. That was funny to read because I don't know who that is. Yeah, fuck Teru Teru. Anybody oh, that's played will know what we mean. Teru. Fuck Teru uh, three, three quick honorable mentions. Legend of Heroes, Trails in the Sky, second chapter. Mega Dimension, Neptunia, Victory 2, and Oxenfree. All games that look adorable and very, good. Very nice list. Very nice list. Yes. So, hey, we're moving on up. We've reached number seven. And oh, I have... Cool. I got... How'd that happen? Do what? I was like, I was saying, what's what's next after eight? Oh, well, it's a seven. You said number seven. <laughs> it's number seven. <laughs> my number oh, seven. My number seven game of the year. It was a late comer to the table this year, but absolutely deserves to be where it is at on this list. It is Momodora Reverie Under the Moonlight. Awesome. Yeah, like that. Like everything Chelsea said is absolutely true. It's just this great world to explore, an amazing aesthetic, great music. Like the inventory system is really fun to work with. Like you just like there's so many ways to approach that game. It's got a really simple combat system, but it like really makes use of like dodge rolls and like air dodging and shit. And it just feels fucking amazing to play. It is like if. If, if you wanted to accurately capture, like, Dark Souls, but wanted to, like, you know, peel back those layers of just, like, stats and numbers and just, like, mm. grinding and all of that shit. Or not grinding, but, like, upgrading your shit. Yeah. Then, yeah. like, yeah, like, Momodora Reverie Under the Moonlight is, like, the perfect game for that. And it's just got, like, a great difficulty curve. Like, like that game will beat your ass, but... I never once felt like it was the game just being bullshit. It was just me being bad. Um, <laughs> and it's just a really fun world to explore. Like, all of the environments are really unique. I don't think that, like, this game wastes any of its map at all. Like, it doesn't feel... Like, I, I like when I play games like this, that are in this genre, I guess you could call them, um, I feel like they make their maps bigger 
just have extra rooms for the sake of having them sometimes. Like, it just kind of feels like, why am I in this room that doesn't add anything to anything? Whereas Momodora, like, every screen is either a unique platforming challenge or a unique enemy setup that you've never fought before that you've kind of got to figure your way out. And this game doesn't play around when it comes to the damage enemies are going to be throwing at you either. So, yeah, you're going to be dying a lot, but... um, It's got a very generous save system. It's got a very generous inventory system that works very much like Dark Souls. Like every time you get to your checkpoint, your heels get refilled. Like your lantern, awesome. like you, that yeah. little thing that yeah. you can light up the darkness gets refilled. All that shit gets refilled. So, yeah, Momodora, Reverie Under the Moonlight. Just, just late end of the year surprise for me that was very delightful after having oh. had to play through Lumo, which was the exact <laughs> opposite of everything that Momodora is. So is that game, like, actually the better 2D Dark Souls than uh, Salt and Sanctuary? I think so. Which, which got super hyped up as 2D Dark Souls, and then everyone seemed to kind of ignore it when it came out. Yeah, yeah I think so. That's I think that, really, I think, real interesting. Yeah, I think Reverie Under the Moonlight is just a great, like, you know, it's just like it's got, like, a very similar dark tone to it. Though it's played mm-hmm. a little li- It's still a little lighter. Yeah. But it's... And, and you- you fight a boob lady. Yeah, you fight a boob lady. And well, fight... actually, Dark Souls does also have... Yeah, but Dark Souls has got, you know, great chests ahead. So. <laughs> Amazing chest ahead. Amazing chest ahead. Yes, Momodora, Reverie Under the Moonlight. That is my number seven. Rhett, give me your number seven. You know, back in my day, grinding did mean plus one in your equipment in PSO. Yeah, so yeah. I get understand your, why you said that. <laughs> get your plus two ATP. Yeah. Uh, my number seven is Fury. Mm. That's F-U-R-I, awesome. the Boss Rush game released earlier this year. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier that Assault Android Cactus is like the purest gameplay thing on my list, and that's not actually true. It's Fury. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> this game just like, it cuts out all the bullshit, basically. It's just bosses, and yeah. you have a sword, a parry, a gun, and a dash, and I think that's it for your moveset. Oh, wow. And it just... <sighs> I mean, Polly, you've played a lot of this, right? Yes, I've played yeah. a lot of this game. I you, did not get to finish it before. I was the end very of the year. sad that you never finished because I think maybe yeah, you would have I, for the list, but yeah, I felt real like I wanted to, but I just I never kind of hit that mood to where I wanted yeah. to play it. And you've you've got to be in a mood to play this game. I just kind of blitzed through this game pretty quick. Yeah, I'm so sad when it was over because it was it's a pretty short game, but the bosses are just so good, and that is the whole game. Seriously, I but think yeah. Laserface, Laserface Girl's best fucking character of the year. <laughs> <laughs> that fight gets so intense. So, like, that's a perfect example of this game, though. How that fight is so hard at the start. And then it just gets harder and more intense. Yeah, it's just go. like the battles evolve as you go, and they yeah. feel real good. They evolve in ways that yeah. make sense. Because Laserface is like a girl who's like kind of in a straitjacket and on like a unicycle thing. Yeah. With a laser on her head. Yeah. But then like as the fight goes on, she kind of breaks out and then pulls out a scythe and is chasing you around. And it's scary. It's and very it terrifying. Getting, it's just intense. And that, play that with kind of man, in a microcosm. Play that with headphones. It's real. Oh, I it's should. fucking creepier. It's just so weird. I was oh, playing man. it with headphones and you like hear her coming out of one side and you're like, fuck, 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 fuck. I will say, I think the greatest unsung feature of the PS4 is that the controllers have a headphone jack. Like, mm, that thing is awesome. fucking nice, so I should actually play it with headphones. So yeah, Fury's really great. Like, it gets in and gets out kind of pretty quickly because it just kind of explores all those mechanics. And 
it gets interesting at the end, which is why I'm so sad that Polly didn't yeah, finish it. Yeah, I'm gonna probably like, blitz it uh, this upcoming week. I'm probably just gonna like you know start over, mm-hmm. just to kind of like get my bearings again, and then just blitz through the whole yeah. thing. Because the ending is real interesting, and then there's the optional secret boss that is very interesting, and then like the story does actually go somewhere mm-hmm. that I wasn't expecting, and just. Cool. The parry in that game feels so oh fucking good. Even though God. it's really simple timing, it's just nailing it feels so good. It's like the way they time it out. Like, yeah. I, I can't explain it. It's the way that they present it and the way it's that... almost almost like a rhythm game, like yeah. a real fast version of Parappa or something where the enemy will do like do 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 and then you match that and then And you're like striking back so in good. a in a similar rhythm and it feels yeah. so good health back when you do it properly yep and then if you get like a frame perfect one it does kind of a cutscene. yeah those are always so good that's so good like when you just fucking demolish their goddamn face and leave them on the ground it feels so good and i really like how like i've never gotten into character action games like the devil may cry stuff Mm -hmm. like the intensity of these fights though even though, but with super kind of simple mechanics where you just have only a couple things the gun the dodge you know yeah the sword like, it makes me, like, it gives you the sensation of playing those games without actually having to be super good at those games. Gotcha. Because you get to do the cool stuff, kind of like in Super Hot, where you get to be the cool, badass, perfect assassin yeah. samurai guy. And, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like um, uh, Metal Gear Rising, where it's kind of got yeah, that def- very visceral feel to everything. Definitely, yeah. So, yeah, I re- really like Fury. Yeah, that game's great. Fuck yeah. So, John, how about your number seven? My number seven is Lady Killer in the Bind. Mm-hmm. This game is real hot. This game let you. <laughs> I bet this game let you explore a lot of things after Drake and Guard Three got a hold of you. Yeah, I played it most of it with Anna. Anna played it a lot more exhaustively than me. I've only finished one playthrough so far, but I really want to get all those character roots and endings because this is the good shit. Mm-hmm. This is the good smut. <laughs> It's very well done, and it's very, very funny. I, um, I just got my throat horse watch. Um, got my throat horse um, playing through it the first time, just laughing so much. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's very funny, um, and I want to kind of get a better, more complete um, perspective on the story by playing through more of um, by getting the other two endings. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just real good, and. Yeah, you've seen you've seen the beauty, right? Uh nope. Oh, okay. She's the she's the dumb girl. She's very oh, okay, good. Okay. Yeah. I didn't yes. pay much attention to the game just because I have an aversion to um, yeah, I get the it. author. Yeah. Yeah. Um <clears throat> lot of very kissable characters. Um has one very excellent shitty boy. Um, <laughs> is this a is this a, is this a, is shitty boy somebody you want to fuck or fuck you? Yes. Okay. Um, I think I said a thing, or like a Twitter thing earlier, where I was like, terrible boys that I want to kiss. And I think I linked a bunch of folks more as a gag, like Evil Angel on Buffy, or like fucking Adachi. Like, I don't actually really like those boys at all. No. Um, the they president, are not good boys. They are bad, shitty boys. They're not the good kind of shitty <laughs> They're not boys. good, shitty boys. <laughs> yeah. Um, the president in Lady Killer in a Bind, I'm getting a little flushed. It's a very, very good shitty boy. 
Uh, He's a good shitty boy. Who's a good oh shitty boy? Oh my god. Um, she added, after the fact, added some content warnings to that section of the game. Oh my god. And also um, an opt-out an opt-out option in the update, because um, that stuff did not work well with Anna. She did not like that. Oh. Um, I mean, she, she got through it just fine, but like she, she would have appreciated the content warning, I think, because it's just kind of... Su- gets dark in a surprising way mm. uh, that I very much appreciate. Are we talking like uh, boyfriend to death kind of stuff here? No, no, just um, the content warning is transactional straight sex is the content oh, warning for that. Oh, I got you. He kind of has, has something over you oh. that you need. And oh, so things go in a direction. Um, <clears throat> and then there's another terrible boy that um, I... I think I was in a place right now where I could not deal with the other boy who was um, uh, just very self-destructive. And so there's two very negative scenes. And I did not... So I think I put down the game at that point because that, just for personal reasons, that was not something I could really deal with. It was yeah. a person coming at me with that kind of self-destructive, I'm horrible, pity me, fuck me, please. Yeah, just that's could not, deal with that not shit. good. I don't really like those um, kinds of characters at all. Yeah, I mean that it's supposed to be these these are I'm I'm honing in on an aspect that's probably not central to most people's enjoyment of the game, mm-hmm. um, but it was quite for mine. I think I and then I think afterwards I tweeted something to the effect of um, in the tag like we, there's a lot of good story justifications for the president scene, but consider that it's very hot. And then Christine Love <laughs> replied like, "Thank you with the um, prayer emoji." Oh my god. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I'll, I think I'm in a place now where I could probably do the other stuff, too. So, um, there, And the rest of the game is just completely charming and very, very kind. And everyone is good and the sex is very healthy. And it's just a very, it's a very wholesome thing and very hot. And I think lots of people would get the good stuff out of Lady Killer in a bind. Cool. Cool beans. So, uh, ready for another you reader listener list? One of those. I think you got. You think got you got one. one to read, Polly? I got one. It's from. Uh, oh boy. So we're a good pal, Royan. It's a good pal. I met him through John, and he's become kind of like our uh, adopted little uh, person. He, he's our new baby boy. He's our new baby boy. <laughs> uh, we get we we give him head pats because he he needs them. So, uh, his number three is Spider's Hollow. I'm reading everything as he has typed it. Short and simple fun. It might be the Creator's secret fetish game. I'm not sure. I think we all know the answer to that one. You're not wrong. Everyone, all of my immediate co-workers have now played this game along with my my mom. Oh, wow. Yeah, they all liked it. Yeah, they all liked it. It's they a perfectly it? wholesome. I can yeah. see. I can see how people wouldn't get some of the connotations going there. Okay, but like, you still die at the end. Yeah, it's not perfectly wholesome. It's perfectly wholesome. These are people that can appreciate a story. It can appreciate a narrative. Yeah, it's just a fun little puzzle game. So, uh, Royan's number two. It doesn't mean anything in games. It's all about the gameplay. There you go. The solid puzzles. Yeah. Let's have uh, yeah, Royan's number two. Is Thief slash Dishonored. Um, I put them together because the new Thief is basically Dishonored and I love them. some, And I love me some stealth games. 
I like the old Thief games better, but this is still a great uh, this is still a great stealth game, even if the main characters are not exactly interesting. Okay, he's got an honorable mentions. Uh, Neptunia Rebirth one, two, and three. He doesn't have anything cool. to say about them. And we go back to his number three. Because he goes three, two, three. That's uh, <laughs> yep. that's his countdown yep. for this list. So, well, for starters, it has Uzume. This game Wait, is the best. Did you say what game? Wait, Mega Dimension, game Mega Dimension Neptunia Victory 2. Okay. Cool. Well, for starters, it has Uzume. The game is the best when it comes to story with redeeming uh, with redeeming Nepgear. Neptune not stealing the limelight while still owning all of her scenes. And the only Nep game to uh, make not only Neptune cry, but to have but but for me to have feels during the normal ending. And I don't get this PS here at all, but I'll go with it. P.S. Vert is still trash and Noir is much better. Fight me, Rhett. It says Noir is not much better. Noir is not much better. Okay. I'm good. Yeah, Noir is the best girl. Fuck you. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I, I only, like, I, I intentionally bunged up the reading there at the end. I wanted to do my best Royan. <laughs> so, uh, love John. Do you have a list? All right. I have a list from Vanner Orion. I bet this one's short. Uh, it, it's not a monolith like last time oh my god number three shadow warrior 2 this is almost as though devil may cry borderlands and doom had a three-way and this was the result you know the babies you get from three ways yeah it's not perfect but still one of the best games i've played this year and in a long while in all honesty mm. I it seems like this game got ignored i, I really, really like the remake yeah Definitely. Uh, I'm just like, sit up in my seat. I'm so excited about this, y'all. <laughs> Number two, Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. There's a Monster surprise. Hunter, Monster Hunter Tri killed my love for this series almost instantaneously <laughs> with its poor, regressive gameplay choices and lack of content. I only got 4 Ultimate because a friend of mine was new to the series and wanted to check it out. Despite my doubts, this game jump-started my love for the series again and may well be the very best game in the series, even better than Freedom 2 Unite, and would be the game I would recommend newbies to get into the series with. Congrats, Capcom. You actually learned from your mistakes. Nice. Um, number one, the best game of two I played in 2016, AM2R. If Nintendo had taken this fan project as it was at its release and put it for sale on the eShop, I'd have paid money for it gladly. This is no contest. The best 2D inter... <laughs> Fucking hell! Oh, I can't hold it in! I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you gave this to me on purpose. Alright, okay. I almost had it there. Alright. Woo! <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> This <laughs> Okay. Right. There's always one. Alright. I'd have paid money for it gladly. This is no contest, the best 2D iteration of Metroid that exists. This is not up for debate. This game was a joy to play and the soundtrack was amazing. Everyone involved with this game's development should be proud of their work, and people like me are genuinely grateful for them selflessly laboring away for free to do for the fans what Nintendo will not. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. <sighs> <laughs> the best 2D iteration of Metroid. Uh, <laughs> it's on people's lists. I feel like I'm that's not going to shit on anybody's list. I'm not going to yeah. shit on anybody's list. It's just that 
goddamn hit me out of nowhere. <laughs> I was really just going to read it, say it out, like, be, be, be fair, be nice. But I just, like, my voice just vanished. I think he did this knowing this would happen. He had to because I he had to have heard our reactions to that game. I know he no, did. No, no one listens to this thing. No one listens. No one listens. <laughs> Look, Vanner, we're sorry. It's it's nothing against your list. You you're absolutely you've, you've absolutely every right to have your list. It's just yeah. sometimes things hit us in a way that are real weird. Yeah, <laughs> that was just really funny. Uh, okay, okay, okay. One. Let's let's pull this let's pull this socks cast train back on the track, shall we? I think you've got, I think you've got an entry for us. I got I got an entry for y'all. How about my last game of the day? How about that? Well, you Go think that'll, that'll, that'll get us going again? All right. Uh, my number six gave me all the feels. Uh, it is a cinematic wonder. It is a game that, by by normal standards, like, I don't know how it happened, but uh, Square Enix, they took uh, a chance on something and were able to help these people create a very, very special game uh, to me that has a lot of... Uh, just a lot of relatable things inside of it that made me very conflicted. It made me uncomfortable, but it also like inside helped me resolve uh, a lot of things too. Um, and it's kind of hard to talk about those, those in uh, specifics, but mm-hmm. uh, life is strange. I think is just a mm-hmm. gorgeous fucking game. And that game really just means a lot to me. Uh, just the, from the, the subject matter that it handles the smart and very uh, um, responsible way that I think that it handles the issues that it handles. And it can do that all the while while having this big suspense storyline going on um, with a conclusion that is just simply incredible. Um, It's just, man, that game is just gorgeous in every fucking way. And I love it to bits. And... Yeah. yeah, so that's it. That's my number six. Life is strange. Uh, I can't okay. really say more about yeah. it without fucking, you know. <laughs> so, Rhett, <laughs> you have a number six? Uh, I do. It's kind of hard to go from that, but uh, so this is a game John mentioned earlier. Uh-huh. <laughs> my number six is The Witness. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I thought we were going to laugh at other people's oh, lists. Oh, shit. <laughs> Hey, I like this game more after I finally watched the secret ending. Okay, so here's the thing about this game. Like, most of what is interesting about this game is in the post-game, and I was so bummed that you missed all of it. I finally watched it. It made it, it, made it there, better. There's more than that, though. Okay, so, like, this is a game about line puzzles, and I really like how it teaches you those puzzles and stuff, and it's a very pretty game. I just, like, the whole world of it is really great. And then you get to the normal ending, and the normal ending is kind of garbage. But then, if you do, like, 100% of the game, there's this secret area, like, that it's been hinting at the whole game. Like, these caves underneath that connect everything. Mm -hmm. And so, throughout this island, there are audio logs that are just, like, famous quotes all around. And they're just people reading them, and people are like, this is super pretentious stuff. Mm -hmm. So, in the cave area... There are a couple of audio logs that break the fourth wall. Oh. Basically. Oh. Where it becomes the people who are recording these audio logs 
being aware of what they're doing and like talking about the quotes that they're choosing and then even kind of being like this is really pretentious isn't it i'm not sure if they actually say that word but it's like that that's kind of the vibe i got from it wow and, I thought, and it's like it's like really the only hint of a story where like okay the game is acknowledging that this is weird okay like it's not just totally random nonsense yeah Mm-hmm. Like, there's a great one where they're talking about, like, they want a quote from an atheist that isn't just, oh, fuck Christianity, you know? Right, right. Like, we want a pure view of atheism that isn't just rooted in being against an established religion. And that stuff's interesting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing <clears throat> that's in the caves is a thing called the, the challenge, which oh, is this Oh, like, God, this thing. It's like <clears throat> a five minute thing that's timed you have to do these line puzzles that the game has been building up this whole time on a timer and they're randomized that's so like they like they aren't actually generated randomly but they're pulled from like a massive pool of like hundreds so like you'll never actually see the same ones or know that you have seen the same ones multiple times and the other great thing about the challenge is that it has the only music in the game and it's actually like What's the word diegetic, where it's actually being yeah. played in universe? Yeah, and it's Hall of the Mountain King. What? So it's, so it's just like do, 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 I know the piece. Do, Holy shit! Oh my god! Losing the oh challenge. God. So like the last minute, you're trying to reach the end of this challenge, and the music is going nuts. It's like incredibly stressful. Oh my god! It's just. It's such a great dumb way to end that game. Wow. And then there's Sounds other like stuff the like best thing ever. That's what I'm saying. Like everything really cool is in the very very post game end of this thing. Cuz ah. then there's then there's the secret ending which is silly. Like mm. it's it's so silly. It it just yeah. totally like it's it's like it's that vibe of like realizing the things that are kind of ridiculous about this thing and kind of poking yeah. fun at itself that totally made me like the game more for that. Yeah. It sounds like this other post-game stuff totally goes even further yeah. on that. Yeah, it, no, I don't know. It felt like they know what they're making here. Like, they aren't completely blind to it being uh-huh. this island of puzzles and, ooh, what does it all mean? And it's, it, it's also <laughs> and, just, like, very representative, I think, like, of, of the developers themselves, you know? Just, yeah. Just kind of acknowledging, like, we're making this thing, and boy, oh boy, we would sure love it to really be something deep metaphor for True. something. But, man, this is just all kind of cool, and that's what we're doing. Yeah. And oh. then there are the hidden puzzles in this game. Mm-hmm. And I still won't spoil what those are, but they're, like, the coolest thing ever when you first find them. That was the first idea he came up with, right? Yeah. That's what I was reading, is that that, the secret puzzles were actually the genesis of the idea for this game, where he was making another game about a wizard, and then he had this thing, and he was like, this is cool, the whole wizard thing sucks, so I'll scrap that, but I'll take this one mechanic and build a whole different game secretly around it, without actually saying what it is or telling anybody wow so like the whole line drawing puzzles which is the game is just a distraction from this other side thing that most people <laughs> that, might not ever even see it's crazy that is so incredibly fucking nuts and then like some of the line puzzles will affect the environment 
Yeah, that's like, the cool shit that I have seen. Yeah. So like they'll turn like they'll activate a panel or something. So like there's one line puzzle where like you're drawing the room that you're walking through or something. Yeah. And then I found out I realized that how you solve those puzzles, like there will be technically a couple correct solutions. How you solve those may also tie into the secret puzzles. Oh, wow. So I had to go and redo a bunch of them in order to get the secret puzzles completed. And it's just it's super mind bending in a real cool way. Yeah, that's really fucking cool. So, yeah, I I stand by that game as my number six. Nice. You know, there's probably a reason, and I played it for, like, 30 yeah. hours over the course of a week. Yeah, I, like, could not stop that game, and I was so sad when I was like, oh, I guess I'm really done here now, huh? It's a pretty cool thing. Because I remember Jonathan Blow being like, yeah, this will probably take, like, 200 hours or something. Yeah. And technically, I never actually did everything, because there is, there's so much, like... The whole cave area at the end is just puzzles for the sake of puzzles. Like, you just awesome. reach, like, ten rooms full of, like, the hardest puzzles of the game. And there's, like, 60 of them or something. It's just like, oh, this is too much. And that game also, like, made me really mad at times when I didn't understand the rules properly. Right. Combined puzzles. I remember talking with John being like, John, what am I doing wrong with this one? And he's just laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> and I really... I really like how there's this city area right at the start of the game that uses all of the rules of the blind puzzles, mm -hmm. and it's just completely incomprehensible when you first see it. And then, like, as you progress through the game, like, you can start making sense of it and be like, oh, I get this. And then, Not like, that cool... Because, like, they're all things that use, like, two or three rules at once, and it's real confusing at it's first. Like, yeah, it's like that cracking the code thing in uh, Fez, really. Like, it the first time you crack the code, yeah. it's like, oh, oh, wow! It's definitely Fez-ish in a few parts. Oh, yeah. And there is one puzzle toward... It's, there's one optional puzzle that is such bullshit, and I, I think he may have acknowledged it was. Because it's, like, a sound puzzle, a color puzzle... And like a mirror puzzle at the uh -oh. same time. Oof. It's insane. That's and I accidentally, I brute forced it by accident. But yeah, that game is something. Yeah. Like really, this game is, I, I think it's basically as good as Fez. Like it, it's working on a lot of the same wavelengths. And if you like Fez, then this is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. This is the it's, same kind of thing. Yeah. I got just sort of disillusioned with that sort of thing in, in general anyway. And I think that's what led to me yeah shitting on the witness a bit it's still obviously really cool <laughs> it's interesting because fez was like i'm a platformer and then it's like also i'm secretly a pu puzzle game and this is like i'm a puzzle game the puzzles go real deep yeah there's there's a lot of puzz yeah that's there's something anna said to me earlier today about english country tune and that's that really good puzz feels <laughs> real good <laughs> There isn't much that's better than just some real good puzz. <laughs> Get you some nice sloppy wet puzz. Mm, get that puzz. Mm. Okay. Any more on the witness? No, that's about it. That's it. John! Number six. Yeah? Let's hear it. My number six game is Helen's Mysterious Castle. Hey! Woo! Great game! Triple yeah. crown. Wow, it got yep. the triple. Nice. Congratulations yep. to Helen's Mysterious Castle, huh? Yep. That game's real good. Out I can't, of fucking nowhere! Really... Out of fucking nowhere! <sighs> God. What a weird thing. 
it it feels real good. It's sort of like it's sort of like with the um, SWR JST. Yeah. Earlier, like I um was hope that was kind of my hope is that this would be as good for all of us as that game was, and I think it's even better. Yeah, it's a it, good bit, a it's lot better. It's surpassed. It's like, better. we've made very favorable comparisons for this game to Undertale. So yeah. It's a real good thing, and it's real charming. I should check and see what else that person's working on. And it's um, $2. Don't wait for it to go on sale and be a human piece of trash like Red. <laughs> <laughs> Play Helen's Mysterious Castle, and that's my number six. All right. Well, why don't we uh, close things out for the day with a couple of more uh, listener lists. Uh, Rhett. Hey. I heard you got a, a list from uh, somebody who... We work with, like, you know, who's done some stuff for this podcast to make sure we can get where we need to go. Yes, this comes in from Rock Z Skibbo. No, how yeah. He, how he listed his name. I think you may also know him as Rock Grumbler. Yes. Um, oh. such. I'm just going to read this as it's written. Number two, Dark Souls 3. A AAA game that del- delivered exactly what I wanted out of it. It was the Dark Souls of fun. <laughs> Wait, what game? Dark, Dark Souls, Souls 3. 3. Oh, Dark, <laughs> Dark Souls, Souls of fun. Okay. okay. Number th- number 3, Hyper Light Drifter. A game I played right before Dark Souls 3. This game was wonderful to explore and was bolstered by its amazing soundtrack and art direction. A+ will play again. And cool. number 1, Offworld Trading Company. This Ooh. game has taken my heart by Solar Storm. Yeah. I started playing it right after reading the Mars Trilogy by Kim Stanley Robinson, and it seems to re- and it seems to reflect many of the same themes and aesthetics. The score, cool. the score is a wonderful orchestral composition, which the composer seemed to take great pain to actually fit into the themes of the game. The gameplay is basically a real-time strategy game set on Mars, where you can only build bases and fight by producing and selling products. It's a lot more exciting than it sounds, and it ends up being challenging and satisfying. Have a good holiday, all. Thank cool. you, Rock Grumbler. And, of course, thank you for everything you've done to help us get this side of dumb podcast on the iTunes and RSS feeds and oh. all that fun shit, too. So, you are awesome, Dudio, and we love you. I have our final list of the day. I recognize his name from uh, maybe, like, every year we've done this. It says from yes. Dawn1991. It's just a name that I recognize and remember. The people stick out. So... Mm-hmm. They say, hello, dear Sox cast members and John. Without further words, <laughs> here's my list. That opening <laughs> makes me real happy, Don. You don't know. Oh, we've got a very unique list going on here. So, number three, Pokemon Alpha Sapphire. Now, this is how you should update a game. Better graphics, the reintroduction of stuff cut from the original, like the day-night cycle, awesome music, many gameplay improvements, especially the improved EP sharer makes it um, e- easy to build a decently powerful team, and quite a few story expansions. It goes from little things like finding the private rooms of the three main villains and the villain team uh, in their hideouts to having a great new post-game with uh, the Delta episode. So there's just some Pokemon love continuing. Mm-hmm. Number two, Noitu Love Devolution. Great game. Mm, this is the, the Wii game. U version. 
This game is very entertaining retro throwback title that feels like a lost treasure game of the 32-bit era. Tons of explosions, many insane bosses, and multiple playable characters make this a fun rush from the beginning to the end. The best thing about the Wii U version is the support for the Wii U remote, the Wii U remote and nunchuck that feel absolutely perfect for this game and make it a joy to play. I had no idea that game was on Wii U, and yeah, yeah that control just, scheme sounds real yeah. good for that game. Yeah, it just kind of snuck out, but I mean, I guess this is kind of the, the way with everything. Everything on that system. Now it's just like a number one, 3DS Wii U joint, Shantae and the Pirates Curse. My personal number one. It's a game that was the most fun to play this year. An entertaining cast, an absolutely energetic soundtrack. Fast and fluent gameplay, decent game length with a good number of locations, dungeons, and bosses, and most importantly, a great sense of humor. Dargon, the massively mi- massively misspelled monstrosity. Wow, it has uh, it's simply the best boss title tub title boss <laughs> subtitles ever. I don't know. There's one in the new game whose subtitle is Poop Toot. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> Okay, and they go on to say, is there anything left to say? I guess there isn't. I wish you all happy holidays, happy new year, and good luck with the next year of SoxCast. And we thank you too as well. As well as everybody who we got around to reading the list to today. Tune in tomorrow for everybody else lists. John Thire, I need a favor. Yeah? Give me your 10 to 6. My number 10 was... Shit, what was it? Got me off guard guard there. My number 10 was English Country Tune. My number 9 was Drakengard 3. My number 8 was Romantic Saga 2. Number 7, Lady Killer in a Bind. And number 6, Helen's Mysterious Castle. Rhett, 10 to 6. Number 2, Helen's Mysterious Castle. Number 9, Assault Android Cactus. Number 8, Lisa. Number 7, Fury. Number 6, The Witness. And my number 10 is The Beginner's Guide. Number 9, Helen's Mysterious Castle for the Triple Crown. Number 8 <laughs> is Super Hot. Number 7 is Momodora Reverie Under the Moonlight. And number 6 is Life is Strange. Tune in tomorrow, everybody. We're going to have, we're going to be, this is where all the blood comes. It's all going to hurt mm. from here. It's all painful. <laughs> it's dreadful. It's horrible. And we're going to hate it. But we bleed for you. So tune back in. 5 to 1. Last of the user lists. We'll catch you next time. And remember, you're the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you.